It's Sports Arena and it is Extreme Rewind. Your weekly look into the world of Extreme from episode one all the way to 401 of ECW Hardcore TV. With every show, pay-per-view, special and anything else you can find in between. you got myself, Paul, and I'm joined as always by Jay. What is happening, Jay? You're right, you felt like you ran out of steam there on that one. I kind of forgot it a bit. I kind of, because it's, it's got the flow but the rhyme. Yes, but, but there's so much obviously pressure to do it right every week that when you get it wrong, it's no, really nice when someone points no. it out. No, just <laughs> checking in on you, making sure you're right. You're amongst friends. We care about you. Felt as if that was a struggle for you. Wanted to make sure you're okay. I just felt the weight on my shoulders with that one. It's hot. Oh. It's, it's, it's hot. It is unexpectedly hot, and it just sort of it takes its toll. I get that. Do you know what? No. We're in 1997. We are. September 97. September 97. Episode 232, 233 and 234 of ECW Hardcore TV. And do you know what else? No. This could be as good as it gets. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> 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 yeah, there's that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, weirdly enough, I was listening to a um because obviously when you search for ECW a lot on YouTube, you get recommended a lot of ECW things. And on Jim Cornette's podcast this week, they asked him about his time in ECW. So there was, right. a, there was a ten minute video that popped up, so I chose to watch that. I didn't know there's um Chris Candido that approached him. Because I mean, Candido, Candido was helping him book a lot at this time. Oh, hmm. yeah, no, I didn't know he, he was. He was. I mean, it makes sense with the uh, connection. Yeah, with the old um, uh, Smoky Mountain connection. Yeah, well, apparently, it was um, and Cornette said, you know, he just wanted Paul to make peace with um, the NWA guy and basically say sorry and all this. And the NWA guy was annoyed at Candido because Candido was his golden child and took him everywhere with him. Was the reason he was in Smoky Mountain, and um, yeah, kind of went to ECW and really annoyed him. Hmm. So there you go. A little bit of something that we found out this week. Yeah, I think that's quite the scoop. That you know, I don't know how well known that is. So I, I think that's a scoop. I think that's the type of stuff you come to this show for. Off the press. Right out at the beginning of the show. Um, so yeah, episode 232, like I said, September 1997. It kicks off with a Shane Douglas promo. Um, his relationship with Rick Rude is so weird. It's kind of, I'm cool with Rick Rude now, but I've still got to use Rick Rude to make WWE digs. But then I put it back and then try and turn heel. And he basically said that Rick Rude's in London with the WWE. Yeah, so I, I think Rick Rude's relationship with ECW is very weird at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, so basically he's in London. Obviously, I'm guessing with um, DX must be around at this point. 97, yeah. So he would have, because that's why he's with Shawn Michaels, I guess, because he's a DX enforcer. So it's not long before he'd be in WCW. Nope. 
because I think that was the thing where he was technically on all three TV channels in the same week. Because obviously he's W. Has loads of backlog, doesn't he? It? It? it is. So he's always remembered the same night. He's on Nitro and Raw, but he's also on ECW the same week, which is just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so basically that happens. And we get his opponent, and it's Phil Lafon. He, he tries to change it to Doug Furness because he was the one in the car crash. Yeah. He takes I, I thought it was very interesting that he's Phil Lafon now. Yeah. Because they referenced that, you know, hey, he was here as Dan Croft. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's Phil Lafon now. Well, yeah, it's because I suppose it's different about Snow, but it'd be like if they started calling out Snow Leaf Cassidy, wouldn't it? When they just sort of did our Snow there. But um, yes, yeah, it's kind of like um, random how they're sort of doing that. But he was back, and that was the match Shane Douglas versus Phil Lafon. Uh, nothing against this match, it was just a nothing match. That's the problem. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was fine. Yeah, it's a good, it's a solid match, good work rate. It's you know, if you watch this episode, you won't be disappointed with it. But it's not a, um, it's not. A, oh my God, Phil Lafon. It's just, um, I think I know where this is leading up to. I think I know what Rick Rude's final opponent is for him, if I remember. But yeah, this is just, um, yeah, Trey Douglas wins with help of the triple threat. Yeah, um, we get loads of highlights. Um, from Bulls last week, Sabu and Sandman, the bit jumping off the stage. Uh, I feel like they're doing better building future shows. They're trying to give you an idea a lot more of things that are happening and things that have happened. Yeah. Rather than just a bunch of like general cutscenes and all this. I feel like they're sort of going forward with with all that, which is impressive. So I wasn't too bad with that. Next up, we had the Pitbulls came out with Lance Wright. <laughs> this whole thing confused me. I cannot wait to hear you talk about this. I, I watched this and I thought, Do you know what? There are some points watching this that if I could fast forward to sitting down and discussing, he's, he's extreme rewind on, on Sports Arena with you, I'd want to do that straight away. And this was one of those moments. As soon as it came on, I was like, this this is going to be interesting. I I, I, I can't wait to hear what, how Paul's going to talk about this. Um. So what the, what's happened with the pit bulls? Like, my natural reaction is they were part of the WCW sting. I feel like the Todd Gordon thing. I feel like the pit bulls must have been a part of it. It got found out they wanted to go to WCW. Once WCW found out it wasn't all agreed, they chose not to go there, or something must have happened because. They're in the fucking doghouse, and they're basically done with ECW now. As far well, as they are tell. the pitbulls. Yeah, I mean, it looked as if they'd kind of got released already, yeah, and have been brought back in for almost like a one shot. Um, hard to tell quite why that decision was was made as it is, but yeah, it's it's a very weird kind of um, uh, we're back, we're pissed, and we're heels. Well, it's like if you think about it. Barely legal. They were in one of the hottest angles with Shane Douglas. Yeah, the tag team division could do a storyline with... that had been built for a year. Yeah, storyline been built for a year. The tag team division at the moment could really do with a team that is known to the fans. Even if they yeah. just get squashed every week by the Dudley Boys or the Gangster Natives, it's just a team that people know. 
former yes. tag team champions, and it, it just it's you know it's, it work. But um, yeah, they made reference to obviously talking to Vince McMahon around the pool and going there and making loads of money. I looked which up. Is- they'd, there's Everything. one match against the Headbangers on Shotgun Saturday Night once, which I can't find. So I'm not sure if that was a dark match. But apart from that, I can't... They, they never did anything in WWE. They never went to WCW. They had a couple of matches in the Indies after this, then split up and did their own separate things on the Indies. Which was... Um, it just felt like the Sabu Rob Van Dam angle, but a really shit version of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair uh, assumption of it. Yeah, I mean, it's a very um, strange setup for various reasons. Um, one of which being um, that they are just sort of all over the place. Yeah, I mean, massively. It's just, and then they suddenly turn to attacking Taz, like verbally, and sort of slating him. Obviously, it makes sense because the Lance Wright thing. They're attacking Taz. At least to Taz coming out. Taz um, has a match with Pitbull too. And he basically does the match, which I've, I've said that we've needed for weeks now, where he just destroys someone. Yeah. Only he destroys someone who's sort of established and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But um, he absolutely destroys Pitbull too. Ragdolls him, throws him all over the place. Beats him easily. Um, then cops come out and Taz starts beating the crap out of the cops. Wrestlers come out to break it up. He fights Sabu briefly again because that feud never ends. He walks off holding the TV title up while Sabu then beats up Nova and Meanie. Then suddenly the Sandman's music hits and the Sandman comes out. And... Um, I mean, imagine if you were there, it would have been quite crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's uh, uh, so we've got the wrestler pull apart. Yeah. And I think I'm very much on record about my feeling about, you know, and the empty room, uh, the locker room empties and everyone pulls apart and, you know, wrestlers who would not be anywhere near this if they were sensible are, are suddenly... Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you, I was going to say, yeah, spoiler yeah. alert, I'm really surprised we didn't see Just Incredible in this pull apart. Yeah. yeah. I really thought he was going to be there and I was getting ready to be like, why the fuck was Just Incredible in the pull apart? But yep. um, thankfully he wasn't. Um, yeah, but like you said, pull aparts are just so pointless at this stage. They really are. I, I don't understand the rationale. So if I'm the FBI, for instance, if I'm... Um, any of them, for instance, what what do I gain from running out and pulling these wrestlers off each other? What's what's in it for me to separate them? Um, at best, surely I want them to hurt each other because they're my competition. Exactly. So. Yeah, I don't get. I, I I still don't get the pull aparts. They happen so very often. More often, I realise and I acknowledge because of the pace we go through the shows. Um, but yeah, just you know, yeah. yeah I think um, I guess pull aparts in itself aren't the worst. It's just their roster isn't big enough for pull aparts. And because if it's you so small, you, you have this weird heel face combination that shouldn't be out there. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're doing pull-aparts with um, uh, security bots or people that you don't know are wrestlers, then that's one thing. Yeah. Um, why you you will have wrestlers run out and helping other wrestlers who they're also feuding with to split up two people that are feuding, I don't get. No. Yeah. So we then went into the Sandman versus Sabu for the first time ever. Again. I, yeah, I mean, I've, I've done a little bit of research on this. I am stunned that this is the first time ever. I really thought they fought each other in Eastern sort of Cactus Jackie area time. Yeah. I'm surprised that, like, they were kept apart. I thought even it just for a hardcore TV once they would have fought because everyone was fighting everyone at one point. Yeah, so, I mean, they, yeah. they've just been kind of, you know, banging around for so long that I assumed that they'd somehow crossed paths on something so to legitimately not have fought before was yeah. um quite an impressive feat i think well yeah especially again because i've been feuding for a couple of months as it is anyway so for this to be their first singles match now since i mean i was thinking of sam and even fought rob van damme in a singles match yeah it's just um Crazy, but this match was pretty wild. It wasn't bad for a first um, match. Obviously, fighting the crowd, we got a ladder involved. Um, we had fireballs. I mean, the fireball was a nice spot. So, I mean, some of the spots I thought were actually quite good and quite uh, impressive. Yeah. Um, I, um, you know, Sandman actually got some offense in, which yeah. is the first time in. Weeks, I think we've seen him actually get some offense in rather than just like, you know, take a kick to the head and that's him down and gone. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting uh, run and things. It was, it was, um, yeah, we had some good spots. I thought the finish was quite good. Um, you know, so Sandman's got him beat. Sabu looks as if he's done. Um, and the fireball uh, turns the tide. Uh, poor Sam Man blinded again. Um, but yeah. Yeah, like I said, it was fine for the first match. I mean, they go on to obviously to have loads of crazy matches, so we're going to see plenty of them. But yeah. It no. gets very mixed responses. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I like it. But um, yeah, that was the end of that show, which took us to episode 233. This show basically started for Joe Styles in the ring. said he can't always pick who he interviews, which led to Jason coming out. As Jason was coming out, he kind of had like clips of him from back in 95. And it was an ECW to start off with. So I guess to give you the impression that to new fans that this guy is a returning star. Superstar. Exactly. But, um, they could have shown a few promos of managing loads of people or something, but... Detail. Yeah, it's a really weird Titantron style entrance. Yeah, I mean, I thought they could have done a little package, let's like say, just showing him constantly looking for new talent or the promo when he said he was looking for new talent constantly to give an idea this was his character for those who didn't know. But is what it is. Um, he gets in the ring and says basically he's got a new talent again. Out comes PJ Walker. Now, I don't know how sort of savvy everything was at the moment, but I didn't think people really knew him as PJ Walker. No. Um, to to make this I, kind I, of like, oh my God, it's PJ Walker. 
No, and I think that's that's understood when they they then have to do the um uh ooh, or 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 is he a man of war? Um, so they kind of had to steer into that one as well. But yeah, it was um you know I know you you're PJ Walker was quite a, a ham fisted way of getting his name in, yeah, especially I mean- when. That turns out not to be his name. Oh, massively. It was so confusing. So uh, you'd introduce him as his real name that people don't really know. The crowd's all chanting Aldo, which again goes back to what we were saying last week about potential, how people know. I guess they might know, but it's just, I don't know. There's some very, very, very smart fans here, aren't there? Oh, massively. To know what Aldo Montoya looks like under his mask and that he's coming to ECW and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Before he's even in the ring. Like, before he's even made it actually in the ring, they were chanting it. So it's not that they sort of all looked and they were like, oh, my God. But, um, yeah, so he came out. Jason basically said, look at him. He's just incredible. And Joe Stars was like, yeah, no, he's incredible. And he was like, no, he's just incredible. Just incredible. He is. He's amazing. But what's his name? It's it's the old um, uh, who's on first shtick. Um, Recognised as one of the, I think it was one of the first televised jokes or something stupid like that. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's not aged. I, I mean, you know, so it's one of those kind of things that ECW gets a lot of passes and a lot of stuff for some very good reasons. Um, the, this gimmick is is shockingly bad i mean you know his name is just incredible and if it wasn't for the level of performance we get from pj walker pj Polacco, whatever you want to call him um this should have died a death this this was so cheesily awful from the beginning yeah i mean um i didn't realize how young he was here is that 23 or something didn't i know it's incredible. It's crazy, isn't it? It's just it. No, no. <laughs> I, I kind of instantly realised as I said it. I was like, oh. But um, that led us to the debut in Just Incredible versus the weak old old toy Jerry Lynn. Uh, uh, Jerry Lynn. That's that. So, um, a good match, fun match. These guys go on to have multiple matches in multiple com- uh, companies. They were like feuding in TNA yeah. all the way in the early days. They feud forever. It's probably, uh, people talk about Justin and obviously his feud with Tommy Dreamer, but this is probably his um, longest running feud, I'd imagine. These guys feuded like for ages. They have a best of, I think, series coming up. Yeah. So I'm putting ECW. But um, yeah, good match. He hit the spinning tombstone. But as as amazing everyone was with that move, the first time he's ever seen in his life, it wasn't enough to put him away. It's to go use a DDT. So kind of a weird spinny flip. Yeah. And um, yeah, Justin Criddle basically picks up the win and um, Jerry Lynn loses. Yes. Which I found interesting. I thought, have anyone, it just didn't have to be the guys that had just what? turned up again. Yeah, so I mean, this is um, uh, from from what I know. Jerry Lynn debuted the night before, so the match we saw of Jerry Lynn previously was the night before. Um, 
Did Jeremy win that one? I can't remember. Well, last week. Yeah. That's what I was trying to think. I, I want to say yes, but I reckon it's no. But either way, he's 50-50. You know, he's, he, he's either a losing streak or he's 50-50. Um, and I don't know why you book yourself into a position where you have to do that. Um, yeah. You know, again, there's, there's so many people knocking around this locker room that you don't have to debut the two new guys together as the two new guys. You could you could quite happily have, you know, Tracy Smothers. I was going to say, he could, to... Have, he could have beaten Guido in a singles match. He could have beaten Nova. I mean, there's yeah. plenty of people that... Breck, if you want to get just incredible over as a heel, I mean, maybe you don't want to go to that match straight away with Jason. Um, but... It's yeah. I mean, there's 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 options. You don't have to automatically make one of these guys. Yeah. Hey, where's the new guy? He's a great wrestler. Yeah. It's just um, I don't know. Like in the whole sort of, it's not a big thing. I just felt it was really unnecessary to sort of feed Lynn to him straight away. Like so there's there's enough people that could have just there could have been hack riders. Could have fucking pitbull one. You know what I mean? If you want to do them again. Yeah. And pass the torch that way. It could have just, you know, if the pit bulls had just lost to Just Incredible rather than Taz, it would have been more beneficial. Losing to Taz doesn't really offer anyone anything at the moment. So, um, no. not in the position it was in anyway. Um, yeah, so they've got Candido versus Lance Storm. The impact players so close yet so far. I know. Just one segment away. I know, right? Um, good match. Again, credited Candido multiple times. Lance Storm, also really impressive here. I feel really silly saying that Chris Candido is a revelation. And I feel silly saying it because it's kind of the worst kept secret that he was amazing. But, you know, I, I, I've never really got to see it. And to see how good he actually is and how slick and, and you know, the matches that they're having... Um, he's another one that feels like should have done more in ECW when you look at what he does. You I mean, know, you, you can see this guy being the NWA heavyweight champion and things like that, and you don't quite understand why he didn't get a run with anything of worth in in um, ECW. I mean, I understand people leave and get injuries and all this, but like I said, he could have he could have had some sort of a money feud with Shane Douglas, surely. If they, they, or as a number two, you know, if, if you want to give him the uh, TV title, uh, and he's the, you know, it's the old um, horseman style, he's the gatekeeper kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think there's ways of doing it, and it just it feels just a bit lost. Yeah, it really does. It's just um, yeah, so bizarre. Um. But, um, yeah, great match. Um, Candido wins with the um, blonde bomb again, which is still a ridiculously insane movement. Every time I see him face someone, I'm thinking there's no way they're going to take it. And then they do take it. And it's an amazing finish. And Candido yeah. um, marches on victorious again. Uh, main event time. Crazy, 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 iconic match main event. So we have Rob Van Dam and Bill Alfonso versus Tommy Dreamer and Beulah. Uh, it starts off with a strange uh, 
sort of the match starts, and then randomly they start showing highlights of Sabri versus Sandman during the match. Yeah, which I found just completely bizarre. I don't know why we were doing that. I felt it foreshadowing, um, in a whole kind of you know that he's around, and just to remind you that he's still here, kind of thing. It felt it felt overly foreshadowing. Yeah, no, I get that. It just a bit like they just showed so much. So much of it, and I just thought, sort of fair enough. So that happened. Um, <laughs> I kind of liked, so RVD and Sabu were basically beating up Tommy Dreamer. They did the spot where Dreamer was on the table in the middle of the ring. They both jumped off either post, leg drop and splash, put him through, which was lovely to watch. RVD grabbed the mic and basically said he had better things to do than this match. Yeah. And just left and told Bill Alfonso, if you want to beat up Beulah, you can, but I'm gone. And there was just something really sort of cocky hill that was beautiful about that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was It was um, just beautifully done. Um, you know, they, they managed to get them out of the way really, really well, really quickly. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that the, the way that they kind of gave your ooh and ah of... Um, uh, um, Tommy Dreamer having his match uh, was really good, and then they got out of the way so that you could have the the very strange thing that happened next. Yeah, so basically, oh, I don't even know how to break into this really. So obviously, he leaves and leaves Alfonso versus Bueller, and Alfonso decides to take on Bueller. Um, he gets caught in the head with like a a cookie pan yeah, really so early. An ECW t-shirt on. Yeah. She's urging uh, Fonzie to to hit her. Uh, so Fonzie's playing, Fonzie's playing to the crowd and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, cocks back to hit her and she pulls out a cookie tray that she's had up her top. Um, uh, still not Tommy's baby. Um, and um, he punches that, which has his hand hand. And then she uh, waffles in with it, basically. Um, and he he bleeds. Oh, he bleeds. He bleeds. There is a, a lot, a lot of blood in this match. I mean, this is an iconic match because we spoke about it before. He was alleged involved in the, the WCW switch. He yeah. was one of the ones that was going to jump over the ECW invasion. Which, in hindsight... Lucky it didn't happen because it would have just got completely swallowed up by the NWO and been an awful, awful thing. Yes. And um, yeah, his opponent and he's about to get fired, and this match saved his job. That's the story. Yeah. Yeah. And because he did such a good job at, I mean, you know, he he really did. I mean, Beulah looked a million bucks in this match. Um, she just looked as if she was ready to call out such an amazing. Yeah, basically. I mean, she wasn't far off, was she? Um, yeah. And, and that, was, that was all Fonzie. It was all Fonzie. And it's hard to break down moments in this match because it's, kind of, it's kind of sloppy but beautiful in the same. But, um, yeah, the amount of blood on Fonzie's face is just unbelievable. He just he left it all out there. There was no sort of awkwardness or anything like that. He just took an absolute beating from... 
beer owner is amazing. I mean, I can only imagine, you know, and, and spoilers, well, not so much spoilers, but, you know, trade secrets and all the rest of it. I can only imagine that you've had a couple of um, aspirin before going out, you know, something to thin the blood down because, my God, he poured. Yeah, but... Um... Yeah, if anyone hasn't seen that match, which I'm sure most people have, because it's iconic, but if you haven't, make sure you go back and check out that match on episode 233. It's um, early October 97. Amazing. Shockingly unedited. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I thought we would have got black and white, if nothing else. Or cuts. And, and not even because, you know, oh, WWE and this PG, but just because this was on TV at the time. Yeah, just general so, TV at the weekends would have just been wild. Yeah, just just shockingly unedited. Bearing in mind, this is the TV presentation of their yeah, match. The Tuesday night, your Thursday night, whatever it was, just randomly have this going. It's just crazy, isn't it? Um, da, da, da. That's the end of the show. Well, that one anyway. Yeah. So um, uh, she wins with the Bula Karana, yeah. which again looked incredible. I think they did such a good job making her look credible and, you know, he just he just bumped his ass off for her. He made it look a million bucks. The good thing is, is, you know, as far as I know, I think this was her only match in ECW. So it's like, it was, yeah. it was perfect in, they didn't sort of think, oh, we could get away with it again. They understood it was a thing of beauty and they didn't want to sort of risk sort of rocking the boat and trying to get away of it again. They just knew it was great and they thought, right, perfect. Don't ever need to do that again. Kind of yeah, I'm not sure if she does um, mixed tags with women, but definitely her only male mixed tag. Definitely. That takes us to, again, early October 97, episode 234. Obviously, this is when Brian Pillman passed away. Which you'd sort of get from watching the So video. they did a very straight, I, I don't know if it's because of the WWE edit. I don't know what the reasoning was. But um, yeah, they got you basically got loads of Brian Pillman clips. Um, sort of slightly slowed down and a weird montage, but there was no you know, sort of rest, rest in peace, Brian Pillman dates or anything. Yeah. It was just it started there, there off was... with... Again, I mean, I suppose part of this is because they, they, they're leaning into the fact that they've got smart fans. So if you know, you know. But there's no, there's no explanation as to why they've done this. You, yeah, you could easily get confused. I think that Brian Pillman's back coming in. Yeah, in a weird sort of way. But um, yeah, so it was nice. It was just could have done with that final rest in peace. But... Um, yeah, like I said, I don't know, it might be the WWE edit. I don't know how it works. They might have taken something out for all we know. Um, and we get highlights of the Pitbulls, Lance Wright and Taz situation that we saw. We didn't get a promo from Taz. He's basically sitting there watching the tape and Pitbull 1 slagging him off. He keeps rewinding and watching over and over. This kind of stuff is like, as crappy as VHS can be, for <laughs> stuff like this, it's just so perfect. perfect. Yeah. You can't imagine doing this with a DVD player. Or like Blu-ray or anything, or network or streaming service. There's something just cool about the the noise and the lines yeah. on the screen. It just looks so cool. So yeah, I agree. I agree. It just it, it wouldn't have the same effect if it was 
someone kind of using their yeah. thing to scroll back slightly on an iPad. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. With YouTube, like winding it back, it just wouldn't. There's something quite beautiful about it. So I sort of I popped for the nostalgia side of that. I thought it was good. Um, he then basically says he's got one friend, and that's the TV title. And the TV title is the most important title. It's more important than the world title because everything's on TV. It's a television-driven industry, brother. Yeah, so, fair enough, putting over the TV title. Every time we've said, doesn't matter who's got the TV title, it just seems to be the main title. And it's, yeah. sort of, it's, it's, it's on brink of being the same again here. Which is just crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's quite as um, pronounced this time as it has been previously. So, you know, previous ones with um, Terry Funk and a few others, it was it was very to to kind of have that um, feeling that the the, the heavyweight championship was meant anything or, or was around or anything. Um, I think this one has. I think Jane Douglas has done a good job of of making the the heavyweight championship feel like a big deal. Um, but you've got yeah and it's a 1A and 1B title Mm. which is which is interesting yeah no it's it's definitely the best um, I'd say the best combination of champions they've had in a long time although uh, well I'd say a couple of weeks ago it was the Gangstonators feel like yeah I literally thought of the Gangstonators when I said that but yeah I'm sure won't be long before the Dudleys hopefully get it back. Um, so, yeah, he basically says about the TV title. We then get a match as it's happening. Tommy Dreamer versus Shane Douglas. Again, reasons. Yeah, it felt, again, a very strange match just to give away because this this, this could have been a good call-out challenge. Well, sort of but this thing, so, you know, it wasn't... It was only a few weeks ago that Shane, that, that Tommy Dreamer was getting a challenge against the TV championship because the champion wanted it that way. Yeah. Um, Tommy Dreamer seems to get a lot of championships given to him just because he's Tommy Dreamer. So the yeah. champions seem to chase him rather than him chasing any champions, which I'm not a huge fan of as a concept. Um, so, yeah, just weird. Yeah, very weird. And it's um like he's just sort of just involved in everything still, old dreamer. Yeah. You know, but um but again it just feels like as a house show match we weren't really supposed to see, but we sort of they gave it to us for whatever reason. But I mean yeah, something Douglas, different show, I think. Yeah, and Shane Douglas basically picked up the win. And uh, we then got a promo for him backstage afterwards saying that he chooses who gets Francine in a nutshell. Yeah. Which is a... um, You can't have her because I've not decided you can have her. Yeah, which is a a new twist in their relationship that I wasn't really... A fan of. A fan of. I liked liked where they were going before. I liked how she was amazing, but only liked the franchise. But now he owns her. And she, if he says do something, she will. Is is that sort of? I didn't really. Yeah, I mean, it's a really weird, uh, a really weird flex. I mean, um, it, 
it felt probably felt weird at the time. It feels really weird now. Um, it, it, I know it's kind of what the story was with Rick Rude, but yeah. that felt more like a one-off rather than just you know that's the arrangement they have. You know, she, you know, she's his manager and he's yeah. her sometimes pimp. And that's the thing. The Rick Rude felt like sort of a one-off to bail. I don't know how to say to bail him out because it sounds fucking awful, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it was it was it actually was had to do or whatever. But this, yeah, just uh, it just feels like this almost would be like an ongoing story, sort of almost sort of Godfather esque. Yeah, or Whereas, Sandman was in. Yeah, yeah. Hey, bills, Cairo. Yeah, it was just um, bizarre. So hopefully um, it was just a one-off primer and that goes away. It was an ongoing thing. Um, da, da, da. We get highlights, obviously, the Alfonso, Buda and everything that we were speaking about. We also get highlights of Sandman Sabu. We then get an interesting interview with Mikey Whipwreck, who stated that he loves ECW and wants to finish his career in ECW, which is fair enough. And... Anytime Sabo Van Dam want to fight his game, basically. Yeah, and this this weird. Um, I mean, they're, they're still doing the, the weird underdog thing for the the triple crown multiple time champion. Yeah. Um, and it's this weird. Um, well, well, you, well, I'll I'll fight you, kind of thing. Instead of, I mean, he's not really like calling them out properly. It's kind of that whole kind of, I'm not scared of you kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't quite get what they were trying to do with it. It doesn't make him strong. It's just that kind of golly gosh kind of. Uh, they, they've, they've booked Whipwreck really weirdly for me. I don't know if he's been injured or he's just like disappeared, but. I almost feel like he um, turned up. Whitwick sort of turned up and took away um, old lukewarm Chad Austin. Chad, Chad Austin's place. And I feel like Spike to point sort of turned up and taken Whitwick's place. Yeah, they've all. They, he's he's. It's funny because you know it's said many a time that Vince McMahon's got this. Um, uh, Mighty Mouse thing that he really kind of loves and can't quite get to work. And it's that kind of underdog kind of might. And one of the reasons he loved Rey Mysterio so much is that Mighty Mouse kind of whatever. Um, but it really does feel like ECW had it too, which is weird because it's not the land of the giants in any way, shape or form, but still. Um, so yeah, it's just this kind of, you know, they, they continue to try and find the, the unlikely, oh my God, can you believe it? And uh, my, my issue continues to be, yeah, I've, I've watched him win every championship you have. Yes, I can believe that he can beat some random guy because apparently after being a multiple-time champion and being this, with this organisation for years and beating some of the biggest names in this organisation for years, um, he's still taken lightly and they're surprised when he manages to win. That's the thing, like, you know, Mikey will randomly beat the Sandman and it will shock the world. Then Sandman will just beat the crap out of him because of it. 
Spike will randomly beat Bam Bam Bigelow, shock the world. Then Bam Bam's just going to continually beat the crap out of him because of it. it. Like you said, it's just a bit... Okay. And I just think because Spike's the new kind of intense, sort of small, crazy guy. I don't know. Like, my, like I said, Whitbrook might have been injured. But um, I just feel like he's sort of lost in the shuffle at the moment. Yeah. When again... He would have been good in the tag team with Spike Dudley, and he could have sort of, he could have gone for that. You could call him the underdogs. Well, yeah, and it just would have worked. Then against, you know, the Dudleys has got the natural story because of Spike, yeah. and they could have. I know they're not just, there, but yep, and they basically just could have had the crap kicked out of them for eight minutes, and eventually got the upset and won the titles, and everyone would have gone mental. Yeah. Probably more so than um, the gangsternators. Well, they are the best, the most violent part of the gangsters and the best part of the best tag team in the world. Now they're here together. Um, so, yeah, so that happens. He's ready to fight. We then got a really kind of weird Tommy Dreamer, Sandman feud from 94 all the way up to them sort of in a team as 97. I didn't really get the backstory or why we were seeing all this. No, and again, it starts with, with Dreamer talking about beating Raven, which is lovely, but at this point is already months old. Yeah. Talking about a guy that's on someone else's TV. Yeah, I mean, it's I rough. I mean, if you want to go down that route to get some clout, have um, Sandman talk about beating Steve Austin. Yeah. I mean, if that's your aim, I understand. Or either can talk about Pete and Cactus Jack. Well, yeah. Or Farouk, or you know, this thing. There's there's hundreds of them you could pick from and do something with. I understand the feud, yes. and it was the, his main feud, and all this. But there comes a point where you have to, as much as you want to accept your all in one universe, you have to stop shouting about the other promotions. Because people think, oh, I wonder what happened to Raven. And next thing you know, they're watching Nitro with Raven as the US champion. Yeah. So it's this weird kind of, you have to stop pointing this stuff out. You know, because people will try and disappear and find, you know, sort of Stevie and Raven and all the others. Yeah, I mean, and, and they would have been watching him anyway. But that's not the point. You, you, you know, you, you've just been in a blood feud with with um, Jerry Lawler and then uh, RVD, RVD and Sabu ever since, like literally seconds afterwards. Um, Raven's so old news now, you know, and again, you know, you won one out of yep. two years' and, worth of matches. And his, his biggest victory, it should really be defending the honour of ECW against WWE. That yeah. is his biggest victory and his biggest match. Raven, all right, for a personal one, might have been fine. But really, Jerry Lawler should be the one he's eating out on all the time. Yeah. It should be, I beat the crap out of the King for slagging off his company and beat the WWF. That's, that's the heat because you can basically slate the WWE. You can, oh, but yeah, it's Raven. Good old Raven. Good old Raven, where am I going? Um, <laughs> we then get FBI making pizzas, of course they are. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And 
to get repeats as we then get highlights of FBI versus Bulls and Axel Rotten from as good as it gets. We have seen the same match now for about three or four fucking weeks. And I get it. There's a chair shot at the end and, you know, Bulls nearly won, but his foot was under the rope and it was a sort of a screwy screw. But um, we don't need to keep seeing this. Was, Absolutely. You know, I just think it's just it's filler at this point. And um, then got loads of highlights from Good As It Gets, like the Gangster Nators winning the belts. And um, yeah, just loads of random I still tips. Can't they the it feels really weird still that, that that they pulled the trigger on the Gangstonators getting the championship. I mean, I know that obviously they had a fan base, but it felt like a general. But this is my thing. You. No, Gangsters had a fan base, and the Eliminators had the fan base. I don't think anyone at this point was was you know shipping and dream teaming. New Jack and Cronus. No. No, massively. No and combination that would have. They're, they're just too big a clash of styles. They, they're just too, you know, random and makeshift team. Get Cronus to wear jeans or, or like jean shorts or something or board shorts or something, you know, get to, to look a little less like a wrestler if he's going to be partners with New Jack because you know I, I don't think you can get New Jack into wrestling ties in the same sort of way so you know do something that makes them look like they're on the same page rather than that it's a, a lethal lottery every single time massively even a promo together wouldn't hurt no just Maybe. yeah eliminators and gangsters were cutting promos every week now they're sort of together there's no one. Or, or just play up the fact that this is such a random, odd couple team. Yeah. Because you don't get that. You get this weird kind of like, you know, he's the best of the best and he's the violent of the violent and therefore they're awesome because they're the gang of the natives. Just random. Yeah, no, it's um, be interesting to see how that unfolds and see if it I guess, goes away as soon as it started, which I feel like it's going to. Yeah, it feels like it, doesn't it? It doesn't feel like it's got any real kind of length to it. It, it felt like they almost sort of did it as a fuck you and put the belts at them again as almost like a fuck you. And um, the, I mean, they do weird things, don't they? They they, they have some very weird flexes in yep. ECW. Um, like, you know, suddenly months and months and months after do you know who was really fat and shit? Public Enemy. What? what why? What, why? Why are we now? I mean, don't get me wrong. I was dissing Public Enemy before, but that was cool. But why? Why now? Are you going back and 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 this thing is like? Do you know who, who was who was better than than Saturn Cronus? Well, yeah, you know Raven. I'm a dream of being. It's just so crazy. Isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird setup. It's, it feels it's it's a massive transitional. I mean, we we've stated multiple times as as times go in the company, this is rough. They've lost Raven, Stevie Richards, Terry Funk, I guess, um, Perry Saturn, which you know 
basically eliminated because he's gone. Um, they've been hit hard. They've lost like yeah a lot of big people, and then they're desperately trying to rebuild. Obviously, just incredible's arrived. Jerry Lynn, Lance Storm's moving up a bit, and you just think like wow. I mean, the reason Shane Douglas is sort of doing this challenge thing, he's really got fucking no one to feud with. No, but... There's no one they could really pull that heavyweight title feud out with him. Obviously, you could go back to Taz, but you can't do that because one Taz just killed him for the TV title, so they can't risk it. But who has Shane Douglas got to feud with at the moment? Well, you've got Dreamer and Sandman tied up in random things. You've got uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just a very weird selection of people and stuff. Um, they 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 do feel as if they've been gutted at this point, and you can see why in the history of ECW that that kind of that mole thing and you know the the, the hemorrhaging of stars was taken so personally because it, this does feel as if if they don't find a solution to this, if they don't get their act together then the company dies. Yeah, I mean, even the Pitbulls could have had a short feud with Douglas. Again, yeah. It, it just, they could literally come in for a month and be like, you took everything from me. The way I can do it is by taking that world title from you. And if you'd stand it for a month or something, people would have bought it. I mean, Mikey Whipwreck, if you want. I mean, you know, I'm not yeah, glad Mikey Whipwreck. thing, but they've got history and he's a former ECW champion. You know, it's um, with a win over Steve Austin. No, it's um, yeah, really weird, really weird because um, I said that's that's the belt that's suffering the most. I mean, obviously tag team champions aren't great, but there's no real contenders for Shane Douglas at the moment. Again, I don't know why you keep Cronus and New Jack together in such a way because they're they're not adding anything to the team, uh, the tag team division. So why don't you split them up and have two? Even if they're mid-card singles guys, then you've got two more mid-card singles guys. Oh, massively. I mean, New Jack will ever be hot enough to get a world title match. You know, with a, I don't know how it pan out, but they could be easily, easily sort of big enough star to have that world title match. Yeah. Or at least at this point, he could slide in to face Sabu and they could have crazy shit matches. And that would free Sandman up for the heavyweight championship feud. That's it. So it's all um, it's all there. It's just so weird. But um, I think there's good stuff. Like I said, just incredible. Excited for him. Jerry Lynn, you know, excited to watch his growth. He's put out good matches. Candido and Lance Storm. I want to see how that sort of unfolds. There's loads of cool stuff going on. But it just feels like a couple of, um, a lot of it's transitional at the moment. Absolutely. It feels like every time they have a pay-per-view, it should be this great stepping stone for them. But it's almost like they get noticed and it just kind of fucks them a little bit more. And we're on the builds to the next one because their hottest event of the year, November to remember, oh. is, is coming soon. We're about six episodes away. Oh, wow, that is soon. Is that in Pittsburgh? I don't know. I think, hmm, I think it might be.
search the pillow while you search. Yeah, uh, Monaco, Pennsylvania. So yeah, it is. It's in, yeah, it's that's in right. Pennsylvania. Yeah, and the Rick Road thing is leading where I thought it was leading. Yes, it is. Yeah, cool. That'd be fun, though. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some really, there's some really interesting matches on this one. So but that again just highlights the lack of um, challenge in the heavyweight division for them to go down that route. But yeah, but um, that'd be good. Um, all in all, pretty positive. You know, Taz is marching on. Sort of dreamers plodding. He's always there. Never really involved in anything, but involved in everything, all in the same. Sam and Sabu, that's got potential to be a little bit crazy. RVD continues to be a super heel. Um, lack of Dudleys, which was a bit, little bit bizarre. Yeah. Um, good for them. Probably see FBI versus Balls and Axel again next week. <laughs> not a new match, just the same one because they seem to love showing that. But yeah, not too bad. It was, yeah, some moments. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see as it grows through. But as as I said, it's um, I'm looking forward to uh, November to remembers my favourite ECW. Uh, I said previously that I think it's their WrestleMania. Um, yeah, it's it's so, just I just feel it's very apparent at the moment for ECW that pay per view they know is their everything. So it's kind of like how soon is the pay per view? Oh, it's five weeks. All right, let's start to do stuff and heat it up. How soon is the next pay per view? It's four months. I oh, will just do some shit for now. Okay, yeah, let, let me know when it's five weeks. That's that's what um, it feels like with their TV yeah. at the moment. It it yeah, it's a very um. Yeah. When before the pay-per-view, everything was like special, 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 you know, Raven versus Sam and a barbed wire match just because, you know, Cactus Jack versus, you know, Mikey Whitwreck in a crazy match just because everything was just there. You know, Sabu and, you know, Terry Funk every week because it's crazy. But now they've got the pay-per-view and rightly so. You don't want to be giving away just big matches, but they're sort of caught in this whole... They're holding back for the pay-per-view and it's kind of becoming a bit obvious that that they're waiting to release stuff for the pay-per-view. You know, like the whole sort of Tommy Dreamer RVD thing yeah. should have would have been wrapped up by now. But I'm guessing they're probably going to have a match at the pay-per-view. Yes, they do. The flag and match. A, a flag match. So, cause, yeah, because that's been going on forever now. Yeah, exactly. Well, it would have been wrapped up, but I get it. But it's just, I guess it's just old school booking with a sort of a new school mentality. It's, I guess because you don't, you don't have the long jeopardy anymore, do you? Do you know what? I've, I've, I've made the mistake of reading some of the Wikipedia page, and this is a fucked up show. I'm really looking forward to it. So, really. so, so a little bit of a, uh, a tease for what I think is about three weeks' time when we talk about this um, reception. November to remember, this is from the Wikipedia page, November to remember received mixed reviews from critics. TJ Hawk from 411 Mania gave it a 2.5 and called it an awful pay-per-view. Wrestling 20 Years Ago staff rated it 5 out of 10. Uh, Wrestling Revolution staff said it's a great show from ECW. If you fast forward through the dreck in the middle. It's not a great show if you have to fast forward the dreck in the middle. Um, It's not a terrible show by any means, but it's no classic either. It pees the PPV providers 
uh, still looking for a reason to beat ECW and send to local crowd home happy. Um, things were rolling along decently and a good main event would have made a, this a recommendable show. I'll go for a thumbs in the middle. Um, the underhill card here was okay, led by the first two matches for being pretty good. Uh, from there, it kind of fell apart. Um, no real ending. Uh, if you like the idea of watching guys sloppily hit each other um, for 20 minutes, then this was the match for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it, my God, we're going to love this. And then, and then there's names as well. There's names that, that are on this that I can't wait to see. Oh, God. Oh, this is, this is going to be incredible. Just incredible. And it will be here on Extreme Rewind in three weeks' time. Oh, you've been given three, yeah, weeks, three weeks. You've been given the heads up, basically. Get into the hardcore TV, find out where you're at, you know, get up to speed and sort of watch through this pay per view with us because it's going to, it sounds like it's going to be wild. But it is. And if you miss it, if you do not get on this journey now and follow us through to November to remember, it may be a regret that you have to live with. Wait, that's not right, is it? No, it's a regret you never forget, isn't it? Oh, that's it. Oh, I'm sure we'll hear that once or twice in the build. I'd be disappointed if they don't, to be honest. That will be disappointing. I mean, I I feel that they should bring back um, Matty in the house every year for that, at Matt DeMatt on Twitter. <laughs> that boy, still going. Young son hero. Not sorry. Young son hero. One of the biggest finds of Eastern to Extreme and everything in between. Just slated him for ignoring us, and the next week he just retweeted and liked and replied and just humbled me. <laughs> That's the kind of guy Matt DeMatt on Twitter he is. is. He's a great guy. Um, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening, and thank you for listening every week and joining us on this journey that is extreme. You can follow us on social media at underscore Sports Arena on Twitter or Instagram. We are actively being active and talking ECW as oh. well as modern day product. Probably less so at the moment, but generally we <laughs> talk on <laughs> that product. Oh, who thought ECW yeah, looked I mean, so good? Um, I know. It's when when the, 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 the craziness of 1997 wrestling and rampant everything that we've talked about is... is Preferable to today's yeah, shenanigans. Exactly. Who'd have thought ECW would have looked PG compared to ECW's the PC one, yeah. Compared to some of the activities going on. But um yeah, so we're there. Get involved. Um, thank you. Like, subscribe, share, get more people involved. Really the revolution because it's quite refreshing to do so. And tell us what you remember about nineteen ninety seven. November to remember. Let's let's build the suspense as we get ready for what looks like such an incredible, incredible. I'm really excited about November to remember 1997. This is going to be amazing, and I don't know which context I'm using that in. It's going to be good. See, that's that's the excitement we need. I'm excited. Can't wait. Um, yeah, I'm Paul. That's Jay. See you all next week. Bye.